You're listening to Pre-Cana with the Pope, a podcast aimed at restoring confidence in marriage and family life. Hey there, everyone. This is Monica, and welcome to episode 84 of Pre-Cana with the Pope. In today's episode, we talk about the responsibility of spouses to get one another to heaven. Together, we discuss the call of the vocation, the way that free will can play its part, and we debate the simplicity and complexity of the task. We're so happy you're here with us. Let's jump in. And we're back with another episode of Pre-Cana with the Pope, your favorite Catholic podcast. Are we? (laughs) Are we? No, we're not Father Mike. Catholic Marriage Podcast. No, we're not Messy Family Project. We are your favorite second tier or fifth tier podcast that you listen to probably not on Tuesday. It's probably like a Friday listen because you're like, oh, what are they talking about? But we're happy you're here anyway. Monica's just looking at me like, what are you going to say next? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what it's like to be on that side. Thank you to all our Tuesday listeners. Thank you for Tuesday listeners. When you were, you were committed, you were here. We love you more. I don't care. I love some of my children more than others. Um, we do have favorites. We do have favorites. You are them. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday listeners, you, you are most welcome at the table. You just get fed last. That's, <laughs> you just get smaller servings. But that is by your choice, not ours. You did this to yourself. <laughs> is that you're, the end of the analogy? You're That's in the, the mood. No, I'm in the mood. You left me alone for youth group. Well, it was for good reason. It was for good reason. Was it though? How'd it go without me? It was great. And Katie. It was terrible. It was was fine without me, but without Katie. No, it was great. I managed. Like we got, we have such a great core team. Yeah. They did everything. They did everything. I do nothing. I don't even know why I'm there. Well, then, then the kids try talking to me after. I'm like, oh, this is why I'm here. This is why. No, but it was the, it was like, a really good. It was good. Um, I ended up getting a call during. So we prayed at ro- the rosary at the end today. Um, I got a call from one of our alum. Um, she's currently a sophomore. Hmm. Um, just letting me know she went to mass and she's happy and like wanted, wanted prayers for finding good friendships. So it's just it, that oh, that kind of stuff makes me happy. I know who you are. No, but it was just nice. Uh, and I texted her, like, nice hearing from It was good hearing from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and happy they're still trying to do the things. Right. Do the things. Do the things. I'm proud of them. It's hard to be a young adult. I don't, it like, it, I, I don't know. You, like, youth ministry in general feels very, not like thankless. Well, it is thankless. But, <laughs> but on top of that, like, there's just so much, like, we have them for such a short period of time. Yeah. And, like, we don't even have that much influence. No. Like we, we, and then they go to college and like it's. And then there are so many other things that feed them. Yeah. And all I want is a good life for them and for Mm -hmm. them to thrive. And it's only in relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Maybe one day they'll find our podcast again and they'll listen to us on Wednesdays (laughs) and. (laughs) They'll be, they'll be all in. Um, but like, so, oh, this actually will end up being a good segue. But so like, as much as we work at youth ministry, like we can't get them to heaven. Like it's gotta be their choice. Like mm-hmm. it's gotta be their, um, like their choice to even just be committed to their faith. And so the, I talked about the theme today to the teens. This will make sense. Well, the, youth, you, you, the youth group, theme. the youth group teens, the youth, yeah, sorry, the youth group theme. Blah, 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 sorry. I talked to the teens about the theme for youth group for the first half of the year. Those of you listening, this will make sense in a little bit. Um, well, it'll make sense because you know the title, so you know what we're going to talk about. And Monica does her little intro, like, today we're going to talk about this. So I'm going to get there eventually, relax. Um, <laughs> but for the theme, um, I, you know, I made it up on the spot, number one. Well, the theme I didn't make up on the spot, but like what I said, I was going to Oh, I was going to say, we took, we no, discussed no, we the, theme. the theme, did you? But I made up what I was going to say. Okay. Um, but it was from the heart. Uh, and it was really good because in, at least in my small group, the conversation about, um, like I, what I wanted them to discuss in small group is what areas of their life are not rooted in their faith in their relationship with Jesus. Because I was, I was saying how with, with faith things like we can compartmentalize really easily. Yeah. So like we could have our relationship with Jesus and then, um, our college decisions, our life decisions, whatever. And like, I think we could do this as adults too, is like we have 
Jesus, but then we have our other more practical things. Like, mm-hmm. well, you got to be reasonable, and you can't take risks, and you you can't just follow what you think God is calling you to do. Like, there's a lot of or like you have to make a plan if you are going mm-hmm. for something big, and yeah, and and Jesus doesn't have to be part of that because like I have reason and I'm practical and I have a PhD. Like, there's a lot of ways that we could think where we can do we, we that we don't necessarily need God to be involved. Um, so I had them kind of point out what areas of their lives, and then eventually the conversation ended up going to the fact that they felt like they had to wear masks mm-hmm. in different social situations. And I feel like that's very true for adults too. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't go into that. Um, but like the things that they struggle with, I don't think are that different from adults. It's just a different, like we're just different environments. Yeah. Um, so just that, that was, I think they, I almost feel like they wrestle with it a little bit more because they're trying to figure out their identity within those masks. Like, mm-hmm. do I identify with this mask or is this just like my, yeah. my sports team mask and mm-hmm. my, you know, classroom mask or whatever, it, or they're, I think that they still have a hard time, like, um, separating from that a little bit. Yeah. So they're just like, which one is the real me? Right. Um, and sometimes I think as adults, like we've just gotten so much into that routine that we're like, Meh, this is I don't know like this, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm there. Yeah, this is how this, this is, is why I'm on the weekend. This is just how you have to behave in this situation. Yeah, yeah. So and I don't even you know with all the discussions, it was it was really good, and I'm hoping I'm looking forward to the year in building that out and really unpacking different areas of their lives. Um, but I I still am very aware that like we can't get them to we can't get them to heaven. We can't get them where where we wish they would be mm-hmm. in their faith. No matter how much we desire to manipulate their, nope, we cannot <laughs> their feels and their decisions. Nope, and we can't. And like it's it's all their choice. And that that's there's so there's so much difficulty in giving that freedom. Ugh. Granted, we're not the one giving to them. God gave it to them. But um, but like, like surrendering to that, like mm-hmm. from our yeah, I don't know, from our place of influence, you know, like because we do have a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, and that is like our quote unquote job as youth ministers to at least expose and impart some things to them. Mm -hmm. But you're just like, I just wish I could say the exact right thing Mm -hmm. for you to get it, change your entire life forever. Yeah. And then, um, and then like, then there's our children who we're not, we're at a point where they still listen to us. So like, we'll we'll, we'll discuss this at a different time when they're pushing back. But as of right now, at least like we have very, like if I use my dad voice, like you're doing what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping that that means that they'll like practice their faith as they get older. And, yeah. yeah, I don't know that they've met. They've been met with enough like challenges or contradictions to their. Well, even faith. like subtle things, like if we're saying family prayers and like they're tinkering and don't want to pray or whatever, mm-hmm. like no, there's very we're praying. Put that out. I'm like yeah. So for the sake of our discussion, though. So we're not going to talk about kids yet. Um, but spouses, like what is, I think it's interesting to think of like, cause we have more influence with our spouse um, and we know it's our vocation to get us to heaven. Um, so what is our responsibility? Like I, I like something to think about cause I don't have an answer. I probably could talk myself into one. Um, but I think that the, 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 um, I don't know the understanding that like we're supposed to get like the phrase, get your spouse to heaven. Like how seriously do we take that? And how, like how, like Mm. what does that look like? Yeah. It's funny because so you and I, I mean, we, we don't always plan our topics all that far ahead of time and because our lives are busy, but also to try to keep these conversations authentic. But you had asked me to start thinking because I didn't go to youth group tonight I was home with sick kids and I was reading through Familiaris Consortio for inspiration because mm. that's our favorite um, JP2 piece. And I pulled out something that's like along these lines. So it's, it's very funny. funny. Yeah. So I'll, I'll quote that later. But well, that's how I was like, oh, this fits. Yeah. Because like you sent it to me. And I was like, I'm not reading that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I didn't read it. Good. And then I thought of the idea and then I looked at it. I was like, oh, wait. It does fit. There it is. All right. So. Well, all right. So, what's our what's our responsibility? What it what was your question? How are you getting me to heaven? I'm going it's all to, on you. I'm going to. It's not on me. If I don't get there, God's going to look at you. I'm going to lure you there. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. How's it working? <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, how, all right. So how, well, cause I, it's, it's tricky because our vocation is our individual like path to heaven, right? Like that's God's plan for us as like how to like our way of perfecting ourselves and in preparation for heaven. Right. But then also to become one flesh and in marriage, like to have now become one and joined and nothing can separate. So it's not only like you yourself as an individual, but it's also like your spouse is tied up in that. Mm. So my path to heaven is so intertwined with yours that like, can one hold the other back or, you know, like, um, and then, yeah, what's my responsibility if you're, if you're not striving for that same goal, like if we're not walking together on the path to heaven, like what's my responsibility to show you the map, you Mm -hmm. know, or what have you, I don't know. Well, this is a podcast for answers (laughs) and I don't know, does not suffice. Um, I actually don't know either. I mean, I think that, I think a lot of it has to do with, I don't know. Well, I guess like how to achieve that goal or is that actually the responsibility? What is the, what is the real question you're asking me? How are you getting me to heaven? How am I getting you to heaven? Um, well, so like, cause I have my own freedom, right? Where I can, I can reject yeah. Jesus or not. Yeah. And your free will. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need one. I don't need to tell you if I'm rejecting Jesus. Like that's, so like you can't, can you do anything about that if I'm not disclosing to you? Mm, like even if we're not having this conversation openly, like mm-hmm. this conversation of holiness and yeah. Yeah. Well, so like, cause I, cause at first like you have to have the conversation or sorry before that. So I, I think that it is a spouse's responsibility to do everything within their influence to help uh, shepherd their spouse towards a relationship with Christ that leads them to heaven. Um, and by shepherd, I mean like, like guiding them, not necessarily leading them, but like it. So like for, for us, um, like I, I can encourage you to pray on your own. I can give you different things that you could do, but like, I can't pray for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can help you find different ways to probably possibly connect with your faith. Um, but I can't do it for you. So like, and I acknowledge that. And I think we both know like, the other person's free to do whatever they want. Um, but I can tell you what's important to me. I can tell you what I wish we could have as a joint faith. Um, what I wish you would be able to do on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, I can bring up to you, uh, areas of my life where I'm struggling and that I'm trying to improve on. Um, I can point out to you areas of your life that I think you're struggling and that you need to improve on. Um, and that doesn't, not like I said, struggling, but it could also be like areas that you're wounded and I think you need healing in. Mm -hmm. Um, right areas that I think you aren't excelling in because you're holding yourself back and there's things that are holding you back. So like, there's different ways I can um, frame it, but I feel like that's like the shepherding. I feel like I could lead you with different things. And I think you could do the same to me, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do think that end of the day, like it's still my choice. Yeah. Whether or not I accept anything or follow anything or whether or not I lie about it and just say like, yeah, yeah, no, like uh, things are great. And then, Mm. Well, and I think, yeah, I think those are explicit ways to go about it. But I think that there's a lot to do with just how you are living your life. Like, are you inspiring your spouse? Are you um, loving your spouse well? Like, do they feel like you are, do they feel like you are on their team? Do they feel like you are somebody that is living a life that they want to model as well? You know, like are I think that there's a lot to do with even your own spiritual work that can like that can yeah inspire model for your spouse you know like i'm saying like a lot mm. um but yeah. i think sometimes i, I mean, say that one guy remember that one review yes <laughs> you remember it i know i feel very i still feel very sensitive about well, it well it's framed in our room thank you gerald um, yeah, he had a comment about how many likes I say. Um, Don't say it now that everyone's going to think about it. They're mm, counting now. The no, counter's on. It's like a drinking game now. Um, <laughs> water. Uh, drinking water. I, 
I just think that there's something to be said about, I don't know, if you are somebody that is in relationship with Jesus and your life has been transformed by his love for you and your relationship, then you are going to live in that truth. And I think that we think this about youth ministry and we think this about, we think this about a lot of other areas of our life. And we hope for this in a lot of areas of our life that, you know, our friends, our family, you know, the people that we lead will want to, will be intrigued by why we are the way that we are. And so that we can then share the gospel with them. And I think that that is particularly true about our marriages, because you can say a whole bunch of stuff to me, but if your life is not reflection of that, then mm. it's going to fall very, very short, especially in marriage, because you you can see everything. Like you see everything about your spouse and the way that they live and the way that they are and the, their vices and their virtue and, and all of that. So I think part of it is if you feel that there's this responsibility to get your spouse to heaven, well, are you willing to be on that path yourself? You know, mm -hmm. are you working on that yourself? And then I also think, um, I also think to your point though, about discussing not just the, the flaws of your spouse, but being vulnerable about your own, things that you're dealing with and working on and healing and, and things to that effect. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to avoid saying more like, yeah, I was going to say, you're doing great. Stop. I was, I was going to say like, if you don't say it for two minutes, people, people will forget about it. Okay. And now you've brought it up against almost, two more minutes. I almost made it. Well, you should talk now because I've been talking too much, but I think being vulnerable is also a way instead of just instructing or passing along information or direction that if you're willing to be vulnerable, then your spouse is willing to follow suit as well. Yeah. So interesting. Cause I think that maybe it's cause my, my, I default to wanting to teach about a particular thing, but like I can say like all I want. I'm not embarrassed. No, I'm going <laughs> to say it more. Um, so one of the things I find inspiration in learning why something is the way it is. It's like why the church teaches a particular thing, like why a certain devotion is important, why this word was used in Greek in this for the New Testament. Like I find a lot of inspiration in that. So for me, if if someone were to say like, hey, um, I don't know, like this is a devotional practice married couples have had that, you know, these saints had you should look into implementing it in your marriage. Like I would be intrigued by that and I might be moved by that. Um, which I don't know if you, so like, and I don't know if you'd be moved by the same types of things. Like if I were to teach you like, Hey, isn't it cool that when Jesus says, I don't know when he uses, this is a silly example, but like when he talks about the Eucharist in John chapter six, the Greek word for eat is the same word as gnaw. Mm -hmm. And isn't that really cool? Like, doesn't that make you like, Oh wow, the Eucharist is real. Like I, no, it doesn't. It may not. I don't know if it inspires you as much, but like that kind of stuff, like just when I read it, it hits me and it makes me want to be more devoted to the Eucharist. Um, so I guess like knowing how your spouse is, is inspired by things and mm -hmm. how they, how they meet their faith. Cause like, and I'm not saying I don't love and appreciate and admire how you live your life, but like I'm never, it, I don't think I'm challenged to live my life of faith differently because of your life of faith. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like I don't, I don't, I, I feel challenged to live my life of faith because of the objective, objective truth that our life, life of faith is and requires of me. And like what is required of me to, to be a husband that that's worthy of you. Does that make sense? Like I don't, but I don't look at it as like, Oh man, she's, she prays. Every, I do. I do admire. I'm like, Oh, she prays her gospel. Like you're tired. Be like, I didn't pray the gospel today. I'm praying the God. I'm going to read through the gospel. And I'm like, that's amazing. But I'm not like, I should do it too. I'm like, no, I'm sleeping. <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. Well, I didn't mean copy each other. No, I don't, but, but like it more of like, I just I, motivated by each other, I guess. Yeah. But like, I also don't think of that when I'm going to do my prayer things. And maybe it could be because of the way I think of like, you need to do this because you suck and you don't always do it. So you need to do it. So like, <laughs> there's not time to think about Monica. Yeah. She's great. Great. Go 
be better <laughs> friends will stop sucking like there's very terrible self-talk that i may need to fix but like that's, <laughs> that's morning renzo <laughs> morning renzo hates renzo um does that make sense? Because I feel like that's also worth considering with like bringing your spouse to heaven. Because there are some spouses who could see a great insp- like a, a spouse that's really living out their faith and be like, "I could never do that. Mm-hmm. So why am I gonna like I can't?" Right. Whereas, well, then okay. So then, what brought you to like? Well, this is just objectively what I'm supposed to do. Jordan Peterson. No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, I I have said this to multiple people that I think Peterson put a lot of. Like one, like I struggled with. There's, there's our faith and how it needs to be lived, and there was a whole bridge of things that I struggled with for, in like from a human perspective, like discipline and whatever else. Yeah. And like he, he and Jocko Willink and and even you know, David Goggins, his extremeness, but like they, they built a bridge that helped me get across to like now I can, I can live out the the human virtue parts of, um my faith that I was missing out on before. So like that helped me a ton. So I'm joking, but like not really. But that goes back to your point about not compartmentalizing your faith from the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Right. And all of the different like masks that we might wear in these different situations and the different um, places that we find ourselves throughout the day or throughout our seasons of life. But in trying to authentically be the same person, which is the person that God created us to be, in every area of my our life, particularly within our marriage, within our home, then we cannot separate human formation from spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. Like we can work on those in tandem. We can work on them like individually because there might be a, a gap or a hole, but we can't just because we mastered something, if we haven't integrated it into the rest of our life, mm-hmm. then it's worthless. No, I agree. So if I- we're praying devotions and we're praying, you know, we have these different, like prayer routines and habits, but if it's not integrated into our relational life and into our, our daily life, if I, if I could do that, but I'm still, you know, a witch at work, then what good is it? Mm-hmm. What has it done? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> end of, end of podcast. Great. End scene. No, but I, I, I'm, con- I'm lost. On what we were talking about. But you were saying that like what inspired you was, was understanding more human formation and bridging that to. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know. Well, so it was more of going by like how your, your example. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of like the, uh, in my mind. How did we get here? The way we got here was I'm I'm thinking of like the spouse who sees one spouse doing great. Yeah. Right. And, and then me being a spouse that maybe is not doing great. I may not be motivated or inspired to do more religious stuff, but I might feel like mm-hmm. that's her thing or that's his thing, but it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say his, I'm theoretically yes. female. Just making that clear. Okay. Um, <laughs> but so, so like, and, and I think that because you were saying like a person may not be like teaching may not be how they're inspired, but like there's some people that like that might be how they're inspired. Mm-hmm. So like by learning, like, Hey, did you know that, you know, I don't know, like, like, uh, the Benedictines and and the pray and work and like the rule of St. Benedict, like that's something that that's also very discipline focused. And, and, and like we, mm-hmm. you, you pray when you're supposed to pray and then you go to, I forgot the way it's worded in the rule, but it's, it's like, you have to say these certain prayers and then go do whatever needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Like, like you walk around the, 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 the house, and the, Abbey. the Abbey. Yeah. You, well, you walk around and you try to fix like what needs to be pulled, like what weeds need to be pulled, what things need to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I actually remember. <laughs> I'm such an ADHD person. I remember reading that. And so then I went to say my prayers and then I cleaned out the garage. <laughs> which do you remember when I did that? Mm-hmm. And I pulled out everything from the garage and I started sweeping. And I was like, oh, what needs to get done? And like, where did that Renzo go? <laughs> there's more that needs to be done in the house. But in that moment, like I embraced it. But like that's like, like I read that and that inspired me. It's like, oh, this is the challenge. Um, so I think when thinking of, of getting our spouse to heaven, I think it's worth considering like what is it that inspires them? Because I know I can give you things to read that aren't going to motivate you mm. or, you know, to the same extent. I actually, I probably has a good conversation to have like what inspires you to live your faith differently. Like what drives you? Because I know our spiritualities are very different too. So like that's something else you have to take into account is like how does your spouse live out their spirituality? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think 
that's really an important point is to, in order to help your spouse get to heaven and, and, and to like own the peace that is your responsibility as a spouse, then you really have to, you really have to know your spouse intimately well to understand, yeah, where, where their shortcomings are and where their strengths are in their spiritual life and in their human life and, and to, hmm, like to address them in the way that they can hear and understand them well. Hmm. So this is so like multi-layered and nuanced, I think, because, but like, I don't know. I, part of me feels like it shouldn't be so complicated because if this is our, like if this is the the path that God has given us to get to heaven, he's not going to like hide the answers on us. Like he's not going to make it secretive or complicated. Mm. Mm. I think secret, secretive and complicated are two different things. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not thinking of the right adjective right now. You're but. doing a great job not saying like Thank so. <laughs> you. It's been over two minutes. I brought up again. You're the one that brought it I brought up. I brought it again. Two more me. minutes on the clock. No, because I, I would argue that it is difficult and complicated because it requires you to think outside of yourself and your own salvation. Because mm-hmm. I think it's easy to be, and I don't know, I'm, assu- I'm sure spouses have done this where they're like, my faith is my faith. Same as like our political parties or like our voting. Like I've heard spouses say like, I'm never telling my spouse who I voted for because like that's my business. And I can see them thinking yeah. of their faith. <laughs> Sorry. How do you feel about that? I have I have opinions about that. We can talk about that in November, I but guess. I, <laughs> but I, but I, oh, let us know if you want us to talk about that in November or October. Because <laughs> like November's yeah, too close. Yeah, I got it. Um, yeah, I got your joke. <laughs> <laughs> But I, but I wonder if, if spouses think of their faith that way too, of like, this is just mine and you worry about your faith. But if we're supposed to get our spouse to yes. heaven, I should care to an extent. Yes. And that would require me to get to know you on a different type of intimate level. Yes. And ask you questions that you may be annoyed. Like it could, it could cause fights. Yeah. Cause you're asking me things and like, didn't you say you were going to stop gossiping as much with your friends? Like, why are you guys still doing that? Like, they're just, yeah. right? Oh, and, yeah. And, and, and things that, like, Oh, you, and when you say things like that, you just get so... In the mood? Self-righteous. Oh, no. No, no, no not, not, the not the wrong mood. Self, but you feel, like, so self-defensive, but also self-righteous. Like, no, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, but they're right. And I don't want them to know that they're right. It's like when I'm on a diet, you're like, we're, I thought you weren't... Are you eating that right now? <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> this is a different type of diet. Uh, but right, it's like one of those, yeah, you have to like admit. But but I mm-hmm. think that's part of the difficulty of that we're supposed to do. Yeah. And we're not all the same. I think if we were, if we were the same, mm-hmm. it would be easier. But I think because we're all unique individuals, like if you were, if we were to switch in, I don't, I don't know how to word this without making it sound weird, but like if you were to switch me out with another, with another spouse, but not have the same history. So like, you know, there's just a new spouse. <laughs> so you have to, like, you wouldn't yeah. know how to get them to have, you'd have to get to know them. Yeah. And it would take years to know as much as you know about me. Yeah. So like there's you as a spouse, the more years that we're together, the more you know me and the more you know how I click and then the more you know how I click, how I tick. Um, <laughs> and you, the more you, you, you know how to get to me um and like speak to me and and i think that that's there's beautiful in that but yeah. there's also like that there's responsibility in that too i guess what i meant by complicated and like using the word secretive is that it's not this um it's not like a mystery to be solved or that like you have to um i don't know or scavenger hunt or something to that effect but it's it's really like checking our motivation for why we are trying to make these corrections or are trying to make these suggestions or are trying to like demonstrate or show or share is it's not to it's again it's like it's to be careful like I'm not trying to manipulate you into something I'm not trying to like sneak some some thing in here but like i love you and i want heaven for you Mm -hmm. and so it's 
it's difficult and challenging, but it's also simple. Like in that sense that it's not. Um, mm, okay. So it's not like a special formula. Yeah. And it's not so. Um, See, but I don't feel that way. <laughs> because. Keep so, arguing with me. I love it. This is why, this is why people come. Uh, it, it is. Too For much. the witty banter. What were you saying? <laughs> that it was hard? No, that it's not. No, it's challenging. Challenging and, it's and hard, simple and simple. Yes. See, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's as simple because I remember there was like, I forgot what you were struggling with. Like there was something you were, there was a wound you had that I, I identified as like you struggling with your identity as a beloved daughter of God. And I remember saying it to you and I remember showing you in the, in the scriptures. And I remember like whatever else I tried to do to get you to like receive it, receive that message, like for the Lord speaking directly to your heart. And I remember you just like, be like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I know. And you, like, you didn't. And then later, and it was like years later, you went to either, you went to like one of the re- a retreat, you did something that you were just like, and I'm a beloved daughter of God. And I was like, I told you that six years ago. <laughs> But like it, it clicked and I was just like, that's ridiculous. I did it first, but I did it. I guess what? But like, that's where like, yeah, it's simple. But like, I, I mean, I don't think it's simple though, because like, and this is where like youth ministry all, and all of it, like why does some, do some things click and some things don't for people? And it could be the same exact message, but like maybe it's where they are. Maybe, you know, the amount of grace that's been able to like wrestle and break, you know, the hardness of their hearts. I'm like, I don't know. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember what it was like? Because I remember that message. Yeah, it was s- the summer. This summer? Wasn't it? At- I don't know. Okay. Well, I should be, I should you remember just being remember su- being... I should remember being offended. Yes. <laughs> I'm offended. Ridiculous. But I... Okay, so I don't think what you're sharing, though, is quite the, like, um, the um, breakthrough that I had. Because it was in the... It was... Like I knew I it was like the seeing how those two how the wound and the truth were connected Hmm. in like why this wound hurt so much. Not simple. Not simple. See. Point Renzo. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about, though. But. A little. Because like that's what's so hard is that like simple messages like they don't hit us because like they have to be formula like god has to in his doing like it has to come up in a way that's like yeah it speaks to our history and it speaks to us as a person and yeah but i think that's where that's not i think that's kind of to the root of what you're saying like we have we have a responsibility but we also still have free will and mm-hmm. our own unique individual relationship with God. So like while we're while we're hugely a part of that it's the way that that pans out is still going to have a piece that's separate from us mm-hmm. even though we're married. Yeah. Which is yeah. I think, though, that, I don't know. I think when it comes to our responsibility as spouses, it's a a lot of kind of what you were saying before of accountability. And I don't know. I think a lot of it is like making sure that our spouse is trying not to be sinful and not leading our spouse to sin and... Yeah, just trying to live a life of virtue so that our home and our cult, the culture in our home is virtuous and not full of vice mm. and that we're, we're we're working away from sin. And but I also think creating an environment where like your spouse feels not comfortable sinning, but like comfortable when they fail to meet expectations that they've put on themselves, mm-hmm. right? And they feel safe enough to just to not be perfect and to, to like have moments of like, this is hard and mm-hmm. right. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of that that goes into like the, what I call shepherding. There's a, there's a better word. I don't know. Loving. How about, no, sorry. <laughs> Spousing. But like, there's, there's a lot that goes into creating that 
making your home a kind of church where you can walk in and you know you belong here and you're loved and accepted as you are, mm-hmm. and, but you're also being called to more because there's responsibilities around you that require that of you. And your life is meant to be given away as a gift. And this is where you do that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then if you fail, like you have people to go to, a person to go to, to, to fall back on. Like there's a lot of that needs to be created within the home. Right. Um, to support that. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, so I, I, so yeah. So like the question of like, are, is it your job to get your spouse to have Like, I think it is, but it's just, it's not the same as like, you can't answer for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you can play, you can play your part as best as you can. And I think, I guess I think that's where I think the part is simple is like, the, the piece that's simple of this is what is my motivation for doing what I'm doing. And like, if I'm, if I'm really trying to ground all of what I do in my home with love for you hmm. and the Lord, then, then I, then I can, I can still like fail, but like, like maybe I didn't express it the right way or didn't share the thing the right way, but like, I was still successful in that I was I was trying to be Jesus to you in our home. Like well, Yeah, I think that's super important the motivation part because I think we could still do things that look virtuous on the outside but be be doing them from a place of woundedness. Mm-hmm. So like if I don't know, like anything we do within the home, like how we discipline our kids, how we treat our kids, how we put our kids to bed, like everything we do could be could be motivated from virtue and and legitimate desire to do the good and to love our spouse well, Mm -hmm. love our family well. Or it could be, I need more sleep. Yeah. So I'm going to put my kid to bed at this time because I just don't like being tired. Yeah. And and, like whatever reasons, like, or we are, are, I don't know, like I, my husband, my husband's going to stop doing this behavior because it reminds me so much of my house growing up yeah. and this needs to stop. Like, right. it, and on the outside, it looks like I'm trying to help you with your right. whatever, but like, it's but like, get- is it self-serving or is it to try to keep up with appearances? Mm-hmm. Like, are we, um, or is it out of comfort? I, I think that's important too. Cause there's things yeah. we could push for that again, look, look legitimate on the outside, but it's because you want to be comfortable. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that really, is the gut check is like, what is my motivation behind trying to shepherd? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, why am I, why am I shepherding? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Loving, guiding. I don't know. There's other words. Do you want me to pull up the quote? I do. I think so. I I do think this quote from JP2 fits really well. Um, It's funny. I don't know if the line after, paragraph when it quotes paragraph 95 Mm -hmm. fits but everything before that does yeah that's what i thought too okay so john paul the great in familiaris consortio says married people too are called upon to progress unceasingly in their moral life with the support of a sincere and active desire to gain ever better knowledge of the values enshrined in and fostered by the law of god they must also be supported by an upright and generous willingness to embody these values in their concrete decisions. They cannot, however, look on the law as merely an ideal to be achieved in the future. They must consider it as a command of Christ the Lord to overcome difficulties with constancy. And so what is known as the law of gradualness or a step-by-step advance cannot be identified with gradualness of the law as if there were different degrees or forms of precept in God's law for different individuals and situations. In God's plan, all husbands and wives are called in marriage to holiness, and this lofty vocation is fulfilled in the extent that the human person is able to respond to God's command with sincere confidence in God's grace and in his or her own will. Now please explain that, how that connects. So I think... (laughs) This is, I think this is, I think this kind of connects our, our two pieces of it being simple and complicated at the same time or simple and difficult at the same time that it's simple because we're just trying to do the next right thing. Right. And we're just, we, we are attempting to 
to follow God's law, to do the right thing in our life. And it's complicated because that is something that like continues to grow. Like we're always noticing ways that we could do that better and do that more fully and to love our spouse better and to, to be a better disciple of God and to follow the law better. Um, so there's this piece of gradualness that like, as we get to, as we grow in holiness, we realize we have so much more to grow in holiness mm-hmm. and there's so much more to do and more work to be done. But we're called to still just like realize that like, okay, so then what is this next right thing for me to do? What is the next right thing as, as a spouse? Um, and I really love the piece at the end though, with sincere confidence in God's grace and in his or her own will that you're talking about, I like we still have our own free will, but we also have, and we cannot forget, this is not of our own doing completely, but it's also the sacramental grace of our marriage that will be infused in our choices to do the right thing. That that when our motivation is is in the right place and our spouse is motivated and desires the right thing, that like God's grace will come in and flood in those situations to um to be like the game changer, to be the difference maker. Mm. I like the part where it says they must also be supported by an upright and generous willingness to embody these values in their concrete decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word generous stuck out to me um, because I don't know, like it, you have to choose to do the right thing for your spouse. Uh, and even if your spouse may not completely deserve it or you don't feel like they deserve it, Mm. Or because you might be fighting or because they should know better, whatever. Yeah. Like there's, you got to be generous about it and merciful. And there's a lot of, um, like it feel one-sided. Yeah. But I feel like that's part of the, like you have to do it. Yeah. That has a lot to do with even the readings for today. I know not everyone listens to it, but this, this week's readings were all about yeah, mercy. Yeah, Friday listeners. Maybe Friday listeners, but all about mercy and like God's justice and his mercy and how his mercy is his greatest attribute that like, not that justice flies out the window, but that mercy is, is what is the difference maker that mm-hmm. like, um, that like in seeking forgiveness and being forgiving that, that trumps justice and that, um, like that's where you see God's love and his generosity and like the, these gifts, right. And the, the gifts that God has for us come from not because we're deserving of them, but because he is a generous God that loves us. And so when we treat our spouse in a similar way, not accepting and saying that certain behaviors are okay, but if we love them generously, um, that, yeah, that God's mercy can flow through that. I wouldn't, this is just the nerd in me. I wouldn't want to say that mercy trumps justice, but because if, if justice wasn't a thing, then mercy wouldn't be a thing. Right. If Mm -hmm. it wasn't just that I receive a punishment, then God's mercy wouldn't be possible unless there was like a, a, unless like true justice just meant that I deserved it. Does that make sense? No. Because if it, if there if I didn't deserve it, then I wouldn't be getting a punishment. So then there'd be no opportunity to be merciful. Okay. Right. So like, justice is necessary for mercy to happen. Okay. So like, there can't be like a better than. It's more of like they work together, or like that one needs one. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Okay. Well, it mattered to me. <laughs> okay. I. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for being merciful about <laughs> pointing out that I just derailed the conversation. <laughs> um, but to, sorry, to go back to the part that you like, the upright and generous willingness to embody these values and their concrete decisions. I feel like, again, this goes into this. If we really want to live out, if we really want to live this out well, that this can't, we can't compartmentalize our spiritual lives or our holiness, that it's, it's in the generosity of like concrete decisions of daily actions of, 
mm. of like the way that we live um, that helps us to gradually grow in holiness and to help our spouse grow in holiness and to inspire them to grow in holiness, to shepherd them. And, and, um, and it's just, it's pretty like amazing to think about like, if you have, I know that it's, I know that it's difficult when one spouse is doing the heavy lifting. Like we've both had seasons of our marriage where like one spouse was doing the heavy spiritual lifting of trying to live a moral and upright life. And the other one was floundering for whatever different reasons. Look, but listen to any of the other episodes. <laughs> so I, I know that, but I also know and I'm, and I'm increasingly motivated, you know, having gone through those seasons that like when we are both working in this, like when we're both on the path, when we're both like following the the map <laughs> to this path of holiness, that like the difference that sacramental grace has in that, mm. like when we're both like just willing and, and that God's, yeah, God's life in us um, can transform our our own free will and our own concrete decisions and transform them into things that are bigger than just like daily life mm. things. Mm. I would, the last thing I would add is that you need to pray for your spouse as part of this. Um, and I probably that I would uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I I argue that that's probably the most important thing you could do for your spouse before anything else we mentioned is pray for them and intercede for them uh, that they be able to receive grace and be able to be, you know, have the faith to move um, and that their wills be united to God's. Like, I feel like that's, that's something that we could easily not take into account and pray for our spouses often because we feel like we're, we're with them. We're working on them. I know that they're good. They don't need it. Um, if we have like an incorrect thought of prayer or, if we see prayer as a thing you only do when you need to need things and are struggling. Um, right. I, I think supporting our spouse through prayer is probably the most important thing. And it's funny. Cause like they wouldn't even know we're doing it. Like it's a thing that we're completely removed from mm -hmm. the situation. Like they're working on themselves, but like we're interceding because we know they need grace and support uh, because they're, we want them to get to heaven. Would you argue with that? Do you agree? No, I agree with that. Thank you. Just want to make sure they heard. You are welcome. That's it. That's what we have for today. I have a joke. You can no, I don't have a joke. You can edit this out if this is gonna take too long or it's nope. irrelevant. But I saw in somebody's stories, and I'm not sure like where this came from, but the idea of I'm not sure where they comment, like why they commented on this, but that in heaven you're like, you're no longer spouses. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like until death do us part. Um, and like one, cause they, I mean, the idea is that you like achieved the goal that you had in mm -hmm. on earth is to get to heaven, but also like you're my favorite person. So I wouldn't want to spend time in heaven without you. So I don't know. What's the question? I don't know if there's a question, but just like, what is, what does that all mean? Like, what is that? You can edit this out. No, I don't have to edit it out. Well, yeah, no, we're not going to be married in heaven, mm -hmm. but will but, we get to like hang out? Hopefully. Um, I like it. So I, I think Peter Crave talked about it because this is something I, I read about in college um, that we wouldn't be married in heaven because there's not like the need for marriage, mm -hmm. um, but that we would still have a, a particular unique relationship with one another because we were married. So I don't know about hanging out. I could be busy, <laughs> but, but like we would still like, we would know each other and it's not like your memories are erased or anything like that. Okay. Um, there's, a, there's an interesting, see, this is the stuff that motivates me. There's an interesting, um, not debate, but like theory train of thought of how we could possibly be completely happy in heaven. If there's people we know 
that aren't in heaven that we love. Like so people that we love mm. that didn't make it to heaven. Like how mm. could we possibly? Yeah. Um, and the idea is like the, the short answer is like very similar to someone who refuses to come down to dinner because they're choosing to stay in the room. Like you're, you could be frustrated with them, but like you're still enjoying the dinner. Mm. Like you wish they were here, but like it's their choice. Like yeah. you go up and you invite them. Like, no, I don't want to come down. Like, all right. Well, and I suppose with like beatific vision, like you have this perfect understanding mm-hmm. of free will. Yeah. And that like, that's, that is the that is the gift that God gave all of us, and that's what they did with it. So. Yeah. No, and I would so yeah. So we, I think we have a unique relationship. Is so we would absolutely hang out. I'd much okay. rather hang out with you than anybody. I don't know. If, will I still be introverted in heaven? That's a question. <laughs> or is that a or is that just like a carryover for all my woundedness and concupiscence? <laughs> the true the true perfection is an extrovert. How often do you think of the Roman Empire? Why is that a thing? <laughs> have you seen that meme? It's like a huge thing on. I saw it on Twitter on X. It's just like it's trending. Rome is trending. I'm like why? Is, Rome is trending. How, do you, have you? Do you think about it often? I've well, so I've thought of it in yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yes. No, I, I that tri- I had not thought of it since I saw that, and I was like, why are people talking about it? But then I have considered it as like it was a power, mm-hmm. and that it no longer is a big power, and then and more of like and people think like the way the world is now is going to last forever. Mm. And the reality is it's not. Yeah. And at some point it's going to change. And then considering like, oh, with Nero. And like, there's just yeah. things I know about it that like, yeah, things changed. That was, that was crazy, man. It's not going to happen again. Like, think of that. So I don't, I don't know if that counts as thinking of the Roman Empire. Okay. Maybe. Is that what people are talking about? I, I don't know. I don't go down rabbit holes. That I much. try not to. I just peek. Just peek. And then, and then Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> Done. But you you do that about other things, just not the not the Roman. Well, now I might. Why, why, now I don't know why people are talking about that. But next week you can next tell everybody. Week, next I'll week. tell everyone. But um, for a special intention, keep us in your prayers, and we'll let you know why next week. But if you're still listening to now, thank you for listening. Keep us in your prayers, and we will share why in the next episode. See you later.